The opinions and views you're about to hear in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his department or any other organization that he is a member of. The host does not speak for anybody, only himself. This is the I Am Pith Podcast. Get ready for contact. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Dex, the host of the I Am Pitch Show. Hope everybody's doing well. Welcome back for another episode. Man, y'all know what last night was, right? Last night was the 4th of July Independence Day. My absolute favorite holiday. I'm telling you, man, I go in on the 4th every year. Of course, I couldn't go as hard this year, but I I went in last night. Found me some Eagle Rare bourbon the other day. Had some of that last night. Had some fireworks. And man, let me tell you what made this 4th of July really special last night. So, my new neighbor, in where I live at, he's a big, burly white guy. Big old beard, tattoos. He's a former biker. Man, he and I look nothing alike. But he and I have grown to be very close and become very good friends. You know, and he tells me that, you know, he trusts me because this man's opened up to me. He's told me things about his past and his life. And I'll tell you the one thing that really shows the beauty of America and the beauty of Jesus Christ, I believe, is this. This man told me when we were talking, he's like, man, I don't want you to take offense to this. But where I I grew up, I was told and taught not to trust black people and not to like black people. And I believe that my whole life. Until I met you and your family and saw how you treated me, he's I will never ever believe that again. That is the biggest crock of crap I've ever heard. That's what he told me. Man, and last night on the fourth of July, my family and him and his wife, we sat shooting off fireworks, celebrating America together. Now, what other country that this happened. Now, yeah, I'm not saying it can't happen across the world in any other places, but that's beautiful, man. Absolutely beautiful. You know, this guy, him, big white guy, me, big black guy, but we have one thing in common and we love this country. And this is what I tell people all the time. You can't just barge your way into somebody's life and force them to change and force your views and your, your ways upon them. It takes relationship. And it takes community to do that. You know, I had two ways I could have gone when he told me that. I could have flipped out and became mad. And be like, well, that's, oh, you're a racist, blah, blah, blah. Or I could have went the route I went and been like, you know what, man? Thank you for coming to me and telling me that. You don't know how good that makes me feel as a person. That me, Dexter Pitts, can meet a guy that was a racist. And he tells me that. Me and my family changed him and changed his view of black people and probably the world. That's special, man. That's beautiful. Dude, if that ain't beautiful, if that's not the 4th of July, I don't know what is. And some people probably listen. There's some hater listening to this right now. Well, you're an Uncle Tom anywhere in a sellout. You'll probably agree with him. Because <laughs> uh, I just know there's haters out there listening. And you know what? Thanks for the downloads and the views. I appreciate you. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, man, we had, man, he and I had a good time last night. And man, I absolutely love this guy. Just, just a good guy, great guy, a hardworking man. That's all he does, man. It just takes care of his family. And I'm proud to have him in my life. And I'm proud to call him my friend. And if anybody says anything to him derogatory, they're going to have a problem with me. That's my boy. Like I said, I'm not going to put his name out and his business out there like that. But if you do listen, homie, hey, you got a black brother right here. Not even that, man. Hey, you got a fellow American that will stand up for you any day of the week. I got your back, brother. But now that that's over, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I I have a confession to make. Now, I don't want y'all to judge me, please. I've been carrying this secret with me a long, long time. Kind of a shame. Oh, God. I don't know if I can do this. Uh. So, since 2011, I have been living as a transracial person. 
I'm coming out of the closet as transracial and transcaucasian. For the last 10 years, I've been living as a white man, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yes. I've been still in white privilege, and it is my apology. I apologize to all you white people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yes, I am a transracial white man by the name of Dexter Pitts. I didn't change my name. It was white enough, I think. And I just need to apologize. You know, stolen valor? I've been living off of stolen privilege. <laughs> I know some people are like, man, well, none of us are surprised, Dexter. But no, I'm just joking. But all seriousness aside, <laughs> you know, this the beautiful part of America is you can be and do whatever, literally whatever you want. You know, and I came across a story the other day. This wasn't in America, but it's over in London. This, ki this kid named <laughs> Ollie London, he came out as transracial. Now, he didn't just come out as transracial, but this kid spent $150,000 and underwent 18 operations to look like this Korean singer from BTS named uh, Park Jimin. And I probably said that wrong. Pardon me for butchering it. So <laughs> this is what the kid that uh, spent all this money and went through these operations said. I know it's a little confusing. Nobody's ever come out as Jimin or Korean. But this is something you guys know. I've really struggled with identity issues with who I am. I identify with the Korean community. Maybe they will accept me more now because I have the look. Maybe people will think I'm actually Korean, which will make me really happy. They can see how much I love their culture. This is the extreme length that I have gone to become because I love Korea so much. I just want to make Jimin proud as well. Jimin is my ultimate idol and I want him to be proud. I'm sure he'll be proud that I look exactly like him now. I have his eyes. I finally have Jimin's Korean eyes, and they're so, so beautiful. I'm so happy with my new look, and I can't wait to see the final result when all the swelling goes down. Whew, Jesus. Oh, man. You know, it's your life, baby. Do what you want. You know, if you got the money and the time, hey, man, who am I to judge you? I mean, we all got some sort of identity issues. My God. I've had my own identity issues in the past. That's although people still debate that and still think I hate being black and that I hate black people, which those people are absolute morons. And if you're one of the listening, you can kick rocks. You're more absolute idiot, despite the fact that I have a black wife and black children. I actually got an ex-wife that's black. So what now? Mm. <laughs> but yeah, you know, this, <laughs> you know, I don't think all this, all this stuff didn't start until the Internet really came around. I'm sure if there was always identity issues, but man, it just it's gotten so much worse. Man, then I came across this story that was out of Florida, or as we call a Florida man story, because anytime you hear something crazy coming out of Florida, it always starts with a Florida man. But this story was back in 2017, a white guy named Adam. And he says that he is a transracial Filipino woman. Yes, a transracial Filipino woman. And this guy says, whenever I'm around the music, around the food, I feel like I'm in my own skin. I watch the History Channel sometimes for hours. Nothing else intrigued me more but things about Filipino culture. So, <laughs> you know, I'm sure, and I'm sure everybody remembers Rachel Dozel from a couple years ago. It's the white chick that everybody swore was black, but it turned out she was actually white. But, you know, then she turns around and goes the whole transracial thing and then uh, what's what's the name of the white dude that writes all the story? He he swears he's black, but uh, Emory, the comedian Emory King calls him Talcum X. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, Sean King. Yeah, that clown. <laughs> Yo, man, it's uh, so bizarre. Welcome to I'm not going to just say America. Welcome to the welcome to Earth, man. Line straight out of Independence Day right there. Welcome to Earth, man. This is exactly probably why the aliens just con continue to pass us back up. Like, man, we came here hundreds of years ago and it wasn't like this. We don't know what's happened, but we ain't going back. I know they definitely not coming to Louisville because they might get their spaceship carjacked with all the crime and crap we got going on here, man. <laughs> so, oh, man, it's it's been wild. But, you know, the world is crazy. But there's usually typically one thing that unites the world, and that is the, the Olympics. 
I'll be honest, man. I've never really been big into the Olympics. I'm not a real big sports guy, honestly. I do watch certain events and certain things, but I know the biggest thing going around right now is the uh, track runner, Shikari Richardson. She just learned that she was going to be suspended for one month for marijuana use. You know, and everybody has an opinion on the whole legalize it versus keep it illegal thing. And I'll be honest, when I first started in policing, like I said, I've never smoked weed a day in my life. Never felt the need to. Just It just wasn't my thing. I don't know. I just didn't do it. You know, but, you know, some people do. And just because you smoke weed don't make you a bad person. I mean, I drink bourbon. That don't make me a bad person. I think it's what you do after you consume these type of products that determines that you're a bad person or not. And if you become an addict, you know, yo, but the whole issue is that some people are like, it's just weed. It's just weed. I understand that. Like I, said, I used to hammer people on it. But as I've gotten older and further in my career, I really just don't care. And also our city just don't care. It's practically legal here. It's just not on the books. You know, it's I believe it's legal in 18 or 19 states. And it's. The stigma from weed is starting to go away. However, Shakari Richardson, she knew what she was doing. And let me say this. It's a, it, me as a police officer. When I signed up to do this job, I knew that there were just certain things I can and cannot do. Drug use is one of them. Well, weed's not a drug. Well, according to the DA schedule, it's a drug. I, I don't agree. But that's just the rules. And guess what? We don't get to make the rules. We don't have to like the rules. But if you're going to be in this job or if you're going to be an Olympian, you have to abide by the rules. And the rule is you can't have THC in your system. You know, so, you know, my thing is the young girl, her mother died and she said that she couldn't control her emotions and she smoked weed. I completely understand that. And it's unfortunate. I hate that her mother died. But hey, my mother died. But I didn't resort to any sort of drug use. I spiraled out of control in other ways, but it wasn't drug use because I knew that I could not do that. You know, not everybody's on the same emotional level, man. You know, so you, I'm, I don't think we should tear this girl down and make her out to be this bad person that the media is trying to do. She's not. I don't. I don't know anything about her. But what she did was, you know, she's achieved a level of greatness. And when you get to that level. You're going to be under the microscope. When you're going to be under the microscope, you have to be on your P's and Q's every time. And she got caught slipping, man. Like I say, I don't, I hate that it happened to her, yo, but she knows what she did. And man, if you are going, if you are going to the Olympics and you know that you are going to be up there with somebody like Flojo and you're about to make history, you got to make better choices. But this is the one thing I will say about her that I like. It was uh, her interview that she did. She said, I just honestly want to take responsibility for my actions. I know what I did. I know what I'm supposed to do. And I still made that decision. I'm not making an excuse and I'm not looking for any empathy in my case. But just being that being in that position of my life and finding something, finding out something like that, something that I would say is one of the biggest things that has impacted me positively and negatively in my life. When it comes to dealing with the relationship I have with my mother, it definitely was a very heavy topic on me and people don't really understand what it's like to have what it's like to have to put a face and have to go out in front of the world and hide my pain. You know, I, I feel for her, man. I really do. It's unfortunate that, you know, weed in the Olympics is illegal. It's very unfortunate, you know, and but I admire her for having the courage to step in front of the world and be like, you know what, I'm wrong. What I did was wrong. Because not too many people want to do that, man. I always tell people, APR, accountability and personal responsibility. And this girl stepped up and did all, both of those. Took all the accountability and responsibility. Didn't blame it on race. Didn't blame it on racism. She said it was me. And for, because of that, I respect that. Now, unfortunately, just because somebody comes clean and admits to something and takes responsibility does not mean that they're... Is not going to be consequences. There are always consequences for our actions. And unfortunately, she is suspended for 30 days. I guess she's going to miss her race. But she will still still be able to take place in the relay race. So, you know, hats off to her for that. And I say, man, the whole de the, the debate on weed, man. I'm just, at this point in my career, in my life, I don't care. I mean, if the people want to legalize it, legalize it. I mean, 
at this point, who's it hurting and what's it hurting? You know, I don't know. You know, people drink it. And this is what I tell people as a cop for 12 years. The worst fights I have ever been in have been with drunks. I don't I don't recall any time me fighting somebody that was high on weed trying to fight me and kill me. It's always been like somebody drunk or high on some real narcotic like meth or, you know, methamphetamines or cocaine or something crazy, man. But yeah, no, never that with weed. You know, you just got to hide your snacks in your car if you got somebody that's been smoking around you. That's about it. Oh, man. But, you know, it's so funny that the Olympics, you know, they're hammering her for that. But what gets me was this uh, post by Ben Shapiro talking about Laurel Hubbard. If you all don't know, Laurel Hubbard is the, I don't, pardon me if I get my gender pronouns and the gender fluid language. I don't, man, I get confused, dude. He is now a she, Laurel Hubbard from New Zealand. He transitioned from a man to a woman and was taking estrogen. And he is now competing. Excuse me. And she is, he is now competing. <laughs> he is now competing in the Olympics as a woman in the weight, in the powerlifting. Oh, geez, yeah, y'all forgive me. I don't know, man. See, y'all take offense. I'm sorry. Hey, it is not intentional, but I, my mind does not work like that, man. My mind works in he, she, him, her. That's it. And when you make a transition, hey, no judgment, man. Do what you do. I really don't care. But don't sit here and tell me that it is okay for this former man to compete against biological women in the Olympics. This person has an unfair advantage. I don't care how much estrogen you take. But as Ben Shapiro, so just to get this straight, if you smoke pot, you can be disqualified from the Olympics. But if you're a biological man who takes a year of estrogen, you can compete against the ladies in weightlifting. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. How bizarre is that? She gets suspended for 30 days for smoking marijuana, which does not give you any sort of advantage. But this person, Laura Hubbard, can take a year worth of estrogen train and been a man for like 40 something years and can step in here and, and compete against these young ladies biological women that are in their 20s man and just he's she's probably gonna dominate it's not even fair how is that right how does that make any sense it makes absolutely no sense now i understand this whole being inclusive and all that man but this is not the way to do it you know at one point in time we say we love women let's protect women but then we let this person come in here and we're going to take, we're taking things away from women. I mean, Bruce Jenner, for crying out loud, was the woman of the year one year. Like, this is a bizarre world. So I need the left to explain to me, I need the left to explain to me how we can have this, how we protect and love women. But at the same time, we got to be inclusive and let men that are now women be able to run for these things. Heck, I think that a, a transgender female i guess a transgender female is now was just crowned miss nevada for the first time ever in history you know and i mean i mean honestly there really is no right or wrong it's just more grace it's gray man everything is gray i mean but can i even really say it's gray because i have a feeling personal feelings that it's wrong but we're letting it happen i don't know i don't know does anybody even really know i say i think people pretend like they know but none of us really know. What's the answer to any of this, man? Who knows? I, oh, my God. I don't know. Like I, said, I just say let people live their lives. But you living your life should not encroach upon how I'm living my life. And I should not be a, have to change my life to accommodate you. You know? It's... Oh, man. Hey, Jesus, where's that asteroid? Father God in heaven, just please send a massive after asteroid strike. We can't take any more down here. <laughs> it's gotten too confusing, man. We don't even know what bathrooms we're using anymore or who's a man or who's a woman and proper gender pronouns and all this. I don't know. I don't know. It gives me a headache thinking about it, man. But moving on with the Olympics, the other big issue has been Miss Gwen Berry. Now, she's the black uh, hammer thrower that came in third place during her Olympic trial and said she was ambushed by the national anthem and she felt it was disrespectful and turned her bag back on the flag and the anthem. Let me tell y'all something. It's the same with Colin Kaepernick. 
You, this is America. You have the right to do what you want. I don't have to like it. I don't have to agree with it. However, if you are going to the Olympics, the whole point of the Olympics is to go and represent your country. Her, she knew what country she was representing and still went. So my question is, why still go? If you believe America is such an ugly, hideous, evil, horrible place, why still go and represent this evil, horrible country that you claim to hate so much that you think hates you? Makes no sense. I can tell you why. Publicity. Money. I'm not fooled by any of these people. Colin Kaepernick and all of these extremists on the left that hate America. This is the trend right now. And everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants their 15 minutes. And she's getting her 15 minutes. And let me say this. the best she, If the best she could do was third place... And she knew she wanted more attention. That's why she came out with that stupid activist athlete t-shirt. You know what? Maybe if you would have got first place, maybe somebody would have listened to you. Maybe if you were really working hard to represent this country better, maybe you would have came in first place. But you didn't. And guess what? None of us care. See, what we need to do in this country is stop giving time and glorifying idiots. Yes, like I said, I support her right to hate America. I support your right to burn the flag. I support your right to be an absolute moron. And I can sit here and say that with confidence. You know, but like I say, everybody, man, everybody wants their small 15 minutes of fame. Because that this is the easiest route to get famous right now. Being black and being an activist. An athlete activist and speaking ill against America. That's all it is. It's is legit all it is, man. She... Wants to become famous. She wants book deals. She wants a movie and all this stuff, man. That's all it is. Because you can't sit here and tell me that black people today are in America are in at such a disadvantage. Now, are there issues in America? Of course. But don't sit here and tell me, girl, that black that America's not for black people. Why are you here? You represent them. I bet if you got money from that, you're spending them dollars with them dead white presidents on them, ain't you? You're not taking that money and throwing it away. Like I say, man, and like I say, we really got to stop giving these people time and, and attention. This is all, it's an attention grab. And we continue to give it to them every freaking time. Had anybody heard of her before this? No. But somebody went back on one of her web pages and found a picture of her about from about 2014. She's posing and she's got the American flag behind her. She's holding up the American flag and she was proud to be an American then. What happened? You mean to tell me that all of a sudden she just realized that America is awful and hates America and now this is the worst place on earth? No. Like I said, this is all a wave. This is all a wave of popularity. The cool thing right now is to hate America. It's to hate your country. That's that's all it is. You know, and even with that, man, it's... I feel like we're kind of starting to turn a corner a little bit here in in America with the protest and the rioting. I don't want to speak too soon. Let me hold up. Knock on wood, it has been peaceful in downtown Louisville. Yeah, it's so nice driving by the park at 6th and Jefferson and not seeing masses of people outside angry, protesting. It's so relaxing and calming and to see a little bit of normalcy starting to come back to our city. But now that I said that, I probably messed it up. There's going to be mass protests downtown again because I got too excited and happy because I'm speaking some positivity because I want to see people come back to downtown Louisville and enjoy themselves and enjoy their lives, man. It's almost like since COVID's over, people are like, oh, you know what? I actually got a life outside of this, man. I don't really want to be a protester. I was bored. I think I'm actually going back to work and get it, live my life. That's what it seems like, man. Everybody's going back to living their lives since COVID is over, but or is it really over? You got to be careful of that Delta variant. The Delta variant is coming. It's coming for all of us. You know, the media is still out here trying to, you know, I feel like everybody's moved on, but the media is trying to stoke up the flames again. Get everybody worried. Get everybody in a fizzy. Oh, my God, it's the Delta variant. It's coming. I'm not falling for it, man. I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not going down that route. I'm not going down that road. We don't need to shut the country down again. No, if you are terrified, stay home. If you're scared, wear your mask. Wash your hands, stay indoors. But don't let don't make the rest of us have to bend to you 
and live our lives in fear inside. It is so nice to see people out and about, their smiling faces and living their lives and not living in fear. We don't live in fear. This is America. We don't live in fear. We conquer fear and we continue to go forward. Man, you know, that's... It's a dang, we're at a dangerous time in our country right now, you know, and I feel like it's getting even more dangerous. Now, like I said, not necessarily because of certain groups, but just extremists, crazies. Like I said on my last episode, hey, you got to worry about the far right just as much as you got to worry about the far left. Hey, the rest of us are just caught in the middle between these two crazies, man. You know, I was watching in a documentary on HBO Max the other day called Into the Storm, it's about QAnon, you know, and uh, I said, I'm not into the whole conspiracy theory thing, I got buddies that are big into it, and they're great people, you know, but me personally, I give everything, with a, I take everything with a grain of salt, I don't believe everything I see and I, everything I hear on the internet, I really don't, you know, like I said, I think there's always a hint of truth to conspiracies, but I cannot prove or disprove any of that, and so I just don't, I don't think about it. I don't live. I don't live my life worried about it, you know. But just watching this QAnon documentary, it's just real bizarre. You know, they're talking about people drinking babies' blood, politicians drinking babies' bloods, and you know, celebrities and sex rings and child trafficking. Which is there probably some truth to it? Yeah, to what degree? I really don't know. But people buy the stuff and eat it up. And the one thing I remember about QAnon was they kept saying. Just wait. Just watch and see. It was right after, you know, Trump lost the election and Joe Biden was declared the winner. Which I say, I'm not 100% sure that's accurate. I'm not. But I have no proof. And so, you know what I do? I go on living my life under the commander-in-chief Biden who's asleep at the wheel. But, you know, I'm not storming the Capitol about it. I'm not going to raise a fit about it. I'm just going to live my life and do what I do. You know, but I remember right before the inauguration, this thing came out, I guess a Q drop and everybody was like, this is the calm before the storm or something crazy. It was just, just wait and see, wait and see. Trump's got something planned. You know, Trump was put in place by the military. All this stuff is going to happen. Just wait and see. It's going to happen before the inauguration. And so what happens? The inauguration comes. Joe Biden gets sworn into office. Guess what? Nothing happened. Like I said. I told a couple of my friends I really into it. I was like, bro, you realize you're getting worked up for nothing. That's not going to happen. Lo and behold, nothing happens. And now the whole thing is Trump saying, you know, wait and see. Just watch. We're taking back the White House. And, you know, and people are wait and see, Dexter. Just wait and see. He'll be back in in August. You know, ladies and gentlemen, my fellow friends and Trump supporters, those on the right Trump is not going to be back in office during Biden's presidency. Mark my words now. I'm telling you now. He's not going to be back in office. He's not. It's not going to happen. Now, would I like for it to happen? Of course I would. Because, man, I'm just be honest, man. You know, this extra 16 cents that we say due to Biden. Thank you so much, President Biden, for the 16 cents we saved because of your amazing economy plan. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I wish we could have Trump back, but that's not the case. We can't live in a dream. We got to live in reality, people. If there's a route for him to get back, hey, maybe they'll find it if, you know, that'd be great. But let's be honest, the odds are that's not going to happen. So detach from the conspiracies, come back to Earth, go back to work, pay your taxes. Let's live life and let's make it through these next couple of years with Biden and Kamala Harris. All right. I promise we're going to live. You know, like I said, we got to worry about those on the right, far right. But we also have to worry about those on the far left. Another one is, man, another reason this country is in danger is like it's because of extremists. But individuals such as Cori Bush, a congresswoman out of Missouri. And these were her comments the other day about the 4th of July, which, you know, considering the last two years, I'm absolutely not surprised by these comments just because it's like it's a trend it's what's going on right now it's what everybody's saying and as cory bush said in one of her tweets when they say that the fourth of july is about american freedom remember this the freedom they're referring to is for white people 
This land is stolen land and black people still aren't free. And see, this is the stuff that is dangerous, that continues to divide us, that won't let people come together on the left or the right. Because, see, people like Cory Bush make people have to choose a side. People like Cory Bush make it to where you can't be black and be an American. You just got to be black. And this nonsense that this land is stolen. Well, what land is not stolen in the world? What do you like? I think I said it before. What do you think the Indians were doing before the Europeans got here, before Columbus got here? You think they were living all together and all peaceful? No. They were warring tribes. They fight each other, take over each other's land. And guess what happens? When the bigger, stronger, more technology, technologically advanced group comes over, they take over that. That has always been the case for mankind because man is evil. We don't believe in sharing land. You come, you take the resources, and you take and make your own. That has been done since the start of time. It is not just America's stolen land. All land is stolen. If you don't want your land to get stolen, you got to reproduce. You got to develop technology. And then this whole thing that black people still aren't free. See, man, I'm telling you, people say these things as sound bites to get people riled up, to get their base going. That is all it is. There is no way she truly believes that black people aren't free. But you know what? Being in government, she's making good money. And she knows that the only way to stay in power is to keep people divided and to make people feel as though they have to vote for her because she's black and she identifies with their issues and their struggles. That's all it is. That's all it is. There's no way she truly believes that black people are, in this, are not still free. Especially her, she probably lives in like a freaking million dollar home. Some extravagant home that takes extravagant vacations. Yo. There's just no way. But like I say, people, especially politicians, they say these things because they know it resonates in the heart of the uneducated. It resonates in the heart of those who are unable to think for themselves. And this is, this is the stuff that divides us and the stuff that is dangerous. See, it's stuff like this that led to that uh, trooper in Florida... I believe it was in Daytona Beach, being shot in the head by, infact, by an infact member. If you don't know what infact is, this is a large black separatist organization. And the name infact stands for, pardon the language, but the Not Fucking Around Coalition. That's their name. That's what they called themselves. They were, they were led, by, led by a guy named Jam Master J or Grandmaster J, whatever. Some clown, man. I'm not even going to get into them. But yo, they, they were here in Louisville. They marched through an all black. Actually shot two of their own people with an negligent discharge, and it happened again, I believe, in Alabama or in, uh, Georgia. So, yeah, <laughs> we see how well they're trained. But you know, it, see, language like that, black people still aren't free. That gives these people in these separatist groups their drive, their passion, and their desire. It it just reinforces the craziness, and we can't have that, man. We just can't. Like I say. The thing about love about America is our freedom of speech. However, that same freedom of speech sometimes is the thing that keeps us divided. But I don't think that we should hammer, hamper people's speech and tell people they can't say certain things. But I just wish that the American populace would be smarter. Everyday citizens would be able to think for themselves and be like, she says I'm not free, but I am free. None of us have been slaves. We're past the civil rights movement. Like I say, this, ain't, this is not a perfect country, but... We're damn sure not in, not enslaved. Nobody is. Well, slavery still exists in the world, but just not here in America. You know, but it's it's these dangerous groups like this that keep popping up. I mean, they just had an incident the other day up in Massachusetts, man, where there was this a, a black separatist group called the Moors. And now personally, I've dealt with the Moors here in Louisville. I actually locked up a guy on a warrant when I was on the Marshall's task force. I remember asking him for his ID and he pulled out this ID and it was a, it's a, you know, more, you know, more citizen. So what they are is they are a group of sovereign citizens, but they're black. If you don't know about the sovereign citizens, look them up. You know, it's, it's almost comical, but they are very, very dangerous people, extremely dangerous. You know, they believe that they don't have to abide by the laws in this country and, it goes deep into this whole straw man argument and, you know, it's, uh, I'm not a, what they tell me, um, actual driver's license. I don't need a driver's license. I'm a free man traveling. 
you know, this whole straw man argument, it gets wild, man. But in uh, Wakefield, Massachusetts, the Massachusetts State Police have identified eight of the 11 males who were arrested following an hours-long armed standoff that partially shut down Interstate 95. They were charged with a variety of offenses, including unlawful possession of a firearm and ammunition and the use of body armor in commission of a crime. Troopers recovered three AR-15s, two pistols, a bolt-action rifle, a shotgun, and a short barrel rifle. The group refers to itself as a militia and said they adhere to more sovereign ideology. One of the police, one of the people arrested was a male juvenile, and two others refused to give their names. See, man, this is the stuff that's dangerous, that continues to buy. This is the biggest threat to America, is the extremists in our country. And it, and it breaks my heart, you know, because we got black extremists, we got white extremists. And the politicians are using each of these extreme groups to represent all of America. And that's not the case. Most of us in this country do not belong to either of these groups. We just want to go to work, be left alone and live our lives and be free. But the media and politicians, this is the stuff they constantly drum up and tell us that you're not free or, you know, white nationalists are a problem. You know, and that's and that's not the case. It's the people speaking life into these extreme organizations like QAnon, you know, and these more and sovereign citizens, man. This is the stuff that's dangerous to us. You know, and the other part that's dangerous to us, it's our woke military, man. The military is going woke. And that that right there, man, that absolutely drives my blood pressure up. Because the military exists for one reason. To protect our interests around the globe and if need be, kill and destroy anyone who stands in the way of our interest or threatens our country. That is the sole purpose of the military. You join the military with the notion that you might have to kill someone or multiple people. That is the whole purpose of joining the military. You are a trained agent of the government used to go and kill people for the interest of our country and for our safety and the protection of our citizens. That's it. But, you know, we're at this point now where the military, it seems like they're moving away from that model. We have to be lethal, but we can't be lethal when we have U.S. Army commercials like the one that they released a couple of months ago. I didn't really say anything about it, but it was a young girl. She's you no. Know, this is the story of a young girl who grew up with two moms and one's like a you know a transgender model. No man, but I was just watching. I was like, "What is this garbage? What is this? You know, we need to be recruiting men and women t- to fight in the military that want to do the job." And that are willing to be lethal. Willing to, honestly, you have to be willing to die. And it really does not matter if you have grew up with two moms, if your dad was a transgender, or your mom was a trans. None of that crap matters in the military. It does not. The military is not a place for social projects and social outreach. You know, it, it's and we're going down a dangerous path because we're openly becoming woke and the world sees it. I mean, the CIA had a commercial, some garbage commercial about some lady and that she was a cisgender female and then just went on and on and on. Like, who cares? What are you doing? What can you produce? What can you do for us? And can you meet the standard? That is it. Plain and simple. We don't need wokeness in the military. You know, and the military is even going down the road now teaching critical race theory. Which is absolutely mind-boggling. What even made me upset was that uh, one of the people that was over me when I was in the military, General General Mark Miley, he is pushing this garbage, you know. But of course, he's saying I re- I listened to his interview. He's like, well, I'm not really pushing it, but some of it is re- the critical race theory stuff is required reading for military leaders. So, and then when I heard him use something like. I want to understand what happened on January 6th because I want to understand white rage. I think her Ben Shapiro say, well, he's saying he's not woke, but he's using woke language. This has no place in our military, man. This is ridiculous. We have to be a lethal machine capable of going out and delivering destruction to anybody that comes to our doorstep. 
another example of how the military's getting away from lethality and becoming woke is this drag queen show that was put on in an Air Force base. Nellis Air Force Base near Las Vegas hosted a drag queen show last week in order to demonstrate commitment to diversity and, and, and inclusion. I have nothing against drag queens. I don't care. I have a friend that I went to high school with that is a drag queen. Great person. No issues. But there comes a point in time where this country is going to have to wake up and realize that, you know what? We need to get focused on what is best for America. And I get the whole inclusion and diversity thing. I understand that. But it does not need to exist within the military at this type, at this level. Like, if you're in the military and you want to go see a drag queen show when you're off in your free time, go do it. If you're in the military and you want to dress in drag when you're off, go do it. Yo. But when you are in uniform, you need to be focused on being a soldier and be, being lethal. You need to focus on, if you get that call and you have to go overseas, you need to be focused on how you're going to do your job. And drag queens in, in, a, in a military show is not going to help you do that. Say, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I do know that this does not contribute to our lethality at all. Diversity and inclusion does not stop foreign militaries for coming over here and trying to attack us and invade us. That's not how this works. But what it does, it encourages them to start pushing the buttons a little more. See, if you ask me, with President Biden in office and all this wokeness going on in our country, especially in our military, China and Russia, they are sharks right now, and they smell chum in the water. Why do you think the other day, Japan released a statement warning the United States of an imminent threat against Hawaii and another Pearl Harbor-style attack coming to the United States. In an article from American Military News, it says Japan warns U.S. a Pearl Harbor-style attack from China and Russia could happen. On Wednesday, Japan's number two defense official said China and Russia are showing increased signs of military cooperation and their activities in the Pacific could show signs of a potential attack. In recent days, Russia's fleet has conducted Various naval drills drills near Hawaii, including practicing sinking an aircraft carrier. Some Russian ships have been reported operating within 35 nautical miles of Hawaii's coastline. See, when you have a leader in this country that is clearly not all there and is showing weakness, it brings the sharks out. It brings the dominant countries out. And we are not looking dominant as a country right now because we are falling apart internally because of extremists and because of wokeness in the military. And we can't stand for that, man. This is dangerous. We're getting into dangerous territory here and almost to the point of no return. Now, do I know if China and Russia are really going to attack us? I don't know that. Who knows that? But I know that we were warned before Pearl Harbor if we did not take heed. And I'm not sitting here trying to cause panic and chaos. Like, oh my God, he's saying that Russia and China are going to attack us. All I'm saying is I would take heed and start preparing just in case. Because there's nothing worse than not having a plan when some, when you know, chaos hits and you're not ready for it. You know, speaking of not ready for it, man, who's going to... Can you imagine if America had to go to war with Russia and China? We are the strongest military on the face of the earth. You know, however... China's got the numbers and Russia has the numbers. It would be a bloodbath. I do we I think we could win it in. Yeah, but the American populace is not ready for a war on that level. And the bloodshed that would come and the amount of lives lost trying to defend our country against an attack from Russia and China. Yeah. And question who's going to fight this war? Because our soldiers are going to be cowering to China and Russia because a Chinese person called them the wrong gender pronoun. And see, this is this is the problem. These people, China and Russia, they are ready to take over the world. They're preparing for whatever they're doing. And they know that the best time to strike is when somebody's defenses are down and there's weakness. And we're showing too much weakness right now as a country. 
Like I say, Joe Biden's asleep at the wheel. Who's going to fight this war? You know, my buddy told me, you know, there's still enough of us older veterans around that we could go and fight this war if we had to. I'm like, yeah, but man, what about this younger generation? I've, I fought my war. If I had to go back and fight, I would. But man, I don't have the confidence that this newer generation of soldiers right now, don't get me wrong, there are still a lot of badasses signing up going to the military. But overall, I think our leadership is weak right now. And if you're a weak leader, man, you can't, a sheep cannot lead a pride alliance. It just does not work that way. And that's what we got going on right now. And that should be a great concern to any of us in this country. All right, man, but moving on to my last subject here. So last week, I had an eight-hour in-service class. It was a jujitsu class here in Louisville. Man, it's taught by our one of their instructors at the academy. I'm not going to say his name because he probably don't want to be mentioned, but man, a phenomenal guy. Dude's been practicing jujitsu for like 27 years. He's an absolute monster on the mat, you know. So, you know, we go to this class, and in this class, we're learning jujitsu tactics and such to employ on the front lines as, you know, patrol officers. Because the stuff, it's good stuff to have, and it's good stuff to learn, and good stuff to know. Because, well, we've gotten into this space in policing, which I really don't like, where. We are, we are letting politics dictate how we do our job. And the one thing I really don't like about where we're at in policing right now is that the truth no longer matters. Everything is about optics. Everything is about how everything looks. So you could be 100% right in doing what you're doing. But if you do it and it looks bad, that's your ass, pretty much. You know, and that's a scary space to be in right now, man. Very scary space to be in because, you know, we, as police officers, we have a dirty job. I mean, we have to go out and police in the worst of places with the worst of people in the worst of situations, man. And see, what I feel like the police, most police departments around the nation, not just here, is that they're trying to teach police officers to stay clean doing a dirty job. Which I completely understand because of the optics of it, because it looks better on us. However, it's not realistic. And, you know, practicing in a sterile training environment versus real world application are two different things. But like I said, I learned some great things in this class that I'm going to definitely use when I go to the street. You know, there's a lot of tactics, man, and how to get people's arms out from under them and such, man. It's great, great stuff to have. Like I said, I'd rather go out to the street with the plan and an ideal as opposed to no plan or ideal at all and some sort of training. And that's one thing we definitely don't get in police departments now is a training. You know, we got a, this was an eight-hour class the other day. But guess what? That will probably be the only eight-hour class that I get. And that's not just here. Like I said, that's across the nation with most police departments. We don't have the time, the money, or the bodies to go train as much as possible. You know, and they're encouraging officers to train more in their free time. Now, let me say this. I've been doing this job 12 years. I love my job, and but man, it's, it's a hard job. It's taxing. It takes a lot of time. You know, we have 12-hour shifts, and then when you're off, you want to sleep, and then you got to spend time with your family. And also in that time, you know, people have hobbies they want to do, and and also in that time, people want to relax. But, you know, as a police officer, man, this is a our job is constantly changing and evolving. And you have to stay up. You have to stay on top of your game, even when you're off, because there's our, the skills police officers have to possess are so critical. I mean, you have to be able to shoot better. You got to practice your drawing skills, transitioning drills. You, know, you got to practice, you know, control holds. You know, you got to practice all this stuff. And you got to try to practice this in a small in a small window. And you know what happens after doing this job for so long? You get tired. And when you get tired, you just resort to your old training and you just kind of do what you do. And you don't take anything new that you've learned and apply it because you do what's always worked. And man, it's hard to get officers to get up to even go work out because this job drains you. And when you're off, you just want to be off. You know, and so now, you know, we're trying to encourage officers to go do jujitsu, what I think is great. But I'll be honest, I'm probably not going to do it in my spare time. I don't have much spare time. You know why? Because I say you got bills, 
you got to work your extra jobs because we don't make that much money. We're not poor, but we're not making, you know, we're not pulling down $100,000 a year. You know, you got some time at some point in time, spend time with your children. You know, and then at some point in time, you got to make time for yourself so you can unwind, relax and enjoy life a little bit. And then by the time you get to your extra training, what else you need to do to stay proficient as a police officer? You're tired. You know what you're going to do? You're going to cast it aside. He's like, nah, I'm good. I'm tired. I'm not doing that. And that's what happens. So me, like I say, I don't, I'm not going to train jujitsu. You know, if somebody comes along, wants to show me something, I'm going to listen and take heed. But man, I feel like this. If you're going to train jujitsu, some people are going to train jujitsu because they love it. Me, I feel like as a police officer, if you're not going to train jujitsu or train some sort of, you know, martial arts, at least hit the gym. Go to the gym, work out. You have to at least be in shape. And that takes an hour a day. Just an hour. Now, I don't have an hour a day for that. Then an hour a day to practice pulling my weapons and shooting. Then an hour a day, you know, to go practice jujitsu. I just don't, we don't have the time. But you make time for what's important. And I feel like the best way to be the best, your, your best on the street is to at least be in decent shape. So if you can make time to go to a gym, I mean, we get free memberships at Planet Fitness. Man, I mean, so there's no excuse to not be in shape as an officer, because if you're in at least in shape, that at least gives you an, an advantage of some sort. I mean, heck, I'm talking, man, I need to get back to it myself, man. But, you know, so, you know, the other thing is, I feel like what we're doing in policing right now with the focusing on the optics of how things look is we are creating an unrealistic expectations for the public and what they believe a police officer should do and what it looks like when we try to arrest somebody. Like I say, all these texts I learned in this class were phenomenal and they look great. But like I said, that's a sterile training environment. When you're on the streets, it's not it's not that simple. Sometimes it is, but it's not that's not the case. You got a sweaty subject, it's hot, you got a crowd around you, people you know looking at you, you gotta watch the crowd, and you gotta get this guy's hands out from under him. And, and of course you can revert to your training, but as I know, Murphy's Law is always in effect. And training, you know, it's great. And you always revert back to your training. But when that training fails, what do you do? And that's when we as police officers, we have to be smart and be capable of thinking on our feet in order of what to do next. Because like I said, we're at this point now where people want us to do this job, a dirty job and stay clean. Where they don't want us to have to hurt a suspect. But however, sometimes people get hurt when we do this job and it gets ugly. And I feel like that no matter what we do, the media and the public, they're going to criticize us regardless. You know, so I applaud the department for trying to get us to this place where, you know, where we're in all any other departments as well, where we're doing things and it looks better. But I think we need to we don't need to focus on just how things look all the time. We need to focus on what's best for our officers. And a lot of the stuff we learned was definitely kind of best for our officers. But I also feel like, like I said, we're setting this expectation for the media of this is what we should do every time. And if we don't do it like this every time and somebody ends up getting hurt because we hurt somebody, the officers are going to look bad. And because everything is focused on optics, that officer is going to be in trouble and possibly lose his career. There was an incident in a college park, Georgia, uh, near Atlanta. It was a police officer was hit by SUV after refusing to use lethal force. So it says a police, a college park police officer was injured Saturday morning said he made a conscious decision not to reach for his gun when a teenager in a stolen vehicle drove to, into him. In the interview, he said he ended up on the hood of the SUV before he was thrown from the vehicle and run over, which could have been grounds for using lethal force. His restraint cost him a broken leg and a trip to the emergency room, but the teenager kept his life. This was the officer's exact quote. He said, I was like, I don't want to hurt this kid. I don't want to take nobody's kid away from them. See, with everything is about optics, it puts police officers in a bad situation. And see, our officers are now hesitating to do their job to make the right decision because of the optics of how things are going to look and the perception from the media and the perception from the community and the perception from chain of command. You know, this this officer, he could not make the decision that he was legally justified to do. Because he said he didn't want to take somebody's kid from him. Which I understand, but 
if you're going to carry this gun and this badge, you have to be willing to get dirty. When you fight monsters, sometimes you have to become a monster in order to fight the monster. That does not mean that you lose your humanity. That does not mean that you don't care about that person, yo. But, man, you have to do what is necessary to get home alive. And you have to do what is necessary to get your partners and your fellow officers home alive as well. I say, I'm not going to sit here and badmouth this officer and say he's a horrible officer and all this. Because I don't know him. I don't really know the situation. I just know from the outside looking in. If somebody was to have gotten hurt, an officer was to have gotten hurt in that incident, nobody would talk to him ever again. Nobody would want to work with him. Because he let his partner get hurt because, you know, he didn't want to kill somebody or hurt somebody. And we can't have that in this profession, man. Like I say, we're just at this crazy crossroads in law enforcement where everything's about how everything looks. That's all it is. It's about how, what it looks like. The truth don't matter. You know, we have policing. Yeah, we do have to make some changes. We do. We have to evolve with the times. However, I just don't like where the times are taking us right now where... Officers are afraid to make a decision. Officers are afraid of being on the nightly news because they made a decision in their mind that was right and they were justified in doing so. However, the media, you know, the angry mob starts knocking at the police department's door and they want that officer's head and they want that officer's blood. You know, is your, is your chain of command going to be strong enough to push back against the angry mob and protect you? That's what officers are looking at right now. You know, and it's it's unfortunate where we're at. You know, we we're having problems recruiting people because people see this stuff and people. Why would I want to become an officer and put myself in that situation for that amount of money and no good benefits? You know, if we're going to move forward in this profession and we're going to recruit the best, I mean, we're going to have to make some changes on our end as well. But, you know, this isn't just about us. This is the community, man. The community is going to have to change its perception of the police, too. The community is going to have to stop looking for us in our worst moments. And hey, man, if an officer make, makes a mistake and does the wrong thing with a bad heart, intending to hurt somebody, definitely. We got to get we got to get that ass up out of here. I can't have you in this uniform representing me and my boys. yo. But like I said, the unrealistic expectation that officers are supposed to do it right and get it right every time, which I believe... We should be in the pursuit of excellence. We should try to be as perfect as possible, but perfect is not possible when you're a human. We are going to make mistakes, but when you make a mistake, it should, necess it should not necessarily mean the end of your career. It should not necessarily mean that you're not a good officer. You know, we're going to make mistakes, but if a mistake ends and somebody's losing their life, that we cannot afford, we cannot have. And we really got to re reassess this whole trying to stay clean while doing a dirty job thing. And I said, I completely understand the optics of everything behind it, but I do not agree. And it just puts us in a bad situation where we feel like nothing we do is going to be right. If you're going to be in this career, at least hit the gym. If you can find time, extra time, especially for the guys that are single, man, go out there, go shooting, take classes, you know, med classes, jujitsu, do all that, man. But like I said, some of us, I'm 37. I've been in this 12 years. My body hurts. I'm tired. I have a wife, two kids. I have other aspirations that I'm working on outside of law enforcement. But we have to make time for what's important. Your health is important and staying up to date on critical skills in this job is just as important. But it's all about time management, but we only have so much time. So I completely agree. I like I say, I understand the department's teaching us better ways to do things and to, to where things look better when we're doing them. But just because it looks better doesn't always mean it's better and safer. So we got to find a way to kind of bridge this gap. I don't know how we're going to do it, but I hope we find a way for all of us to be safe and keep the criminals that we're trying to arrest safe. But like I said, sometimes when you fight monsters, you have to become a monster. It's an unfortunate reality, but that's just the way it is. And in this job, you're going to have to do it. And in this job, you're going to get possibly get blood on your hands. And if you're not mentally in your head ready to do that, you don't need to be in this profession. So you might want to find a different profession, man. So ladies and gentlemen, this has been the I Am Pits podcast. Thank you all for tuning in again. 
and putting up with me and my craziness. The Iron Pits Podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, and Spotify. So if you all could, please go rate the show and leave a comment, uh, preferably on Apple. But if you could do it on Podbean or any other platform, that would be great. I truly appreciate it. And once again, man, thank you all for your time. Thank you for tuning in. I I really do appreciate each and every download I get. So I can't thank you all enough. Y'all keep me wanting to come back and do it. So shout out to you all and all the followers, man. Y'all take care. Y'all have a good one. And I hope you all enjoyed your 4th of July weekend. I'll catch y'all on the next one.